we're excited to share that the following offer has been extended through the end of the week. We hope you become a member today. Tuesday, February 28th marks one year since we launched the DSR Daily Brief. We're showing our thanks by providing you with our best sale price ever on membership. From now through March 4th, visit the dsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DAILYBRIEF to receive 50% off our regular membership price of $50 per year or $5 per month. Members receive access to bonus content, an ad-free listening experience, exclusive blog posts, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. This is a one-time only offer, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code daily brief to receive 50% off. Thank you for your support. It's March 16th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Japan and South Korea have agreed to mend an almost four-year-old trade dispute the two governments announced earlier this morning, according to Deutsche Welle. The announcement was made during South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol's trip to Japan. He is the first South Korean leader to visit the country in 12 years. Under the deal, Japan will end restrictions on the export of semiconductors to South Korea, and South Korea will drop a complaint it had lodged with the World Trade Organization against Japan. The most recent trade dispute between South Korea and Japan arose after South Korea's Supreme Court ruled in 2018 that two Japanese companies must pay compensation to victims of forced labor during Japan's occupation of the Korean Peninsula between 1910 and 1945. Thursday's rapprochement between Yoon and Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida is an attempt to build a united front against regional tensions, including increased missile tests by North Korea and China's growing influence. The AP is reporting that earlier this morning, a Pakistani court extended a pause in the effort to arrest former Premier Imran Khan a sign of easing tension in the country's cultural capital after clashes erupted this week when police tried to detain him. The decision is a reprieve for Khan, who was due to be arrested a few hours earlier. The Lahore High Court ordered police to suspend the plan to arrest the 70-year-old opposition leader until tomorrow. This morning's order sent a wave of relief through Khan's stick-wielding supporters who were prepared to prevent police from reaching Khan's house in Lahore, the capital of Punjab province. Despite the order, however, police and paramilitary rangers deployed for Khan's arrest were not immediately withdrawn. Khan, who was ousted in a no-confidence vote in parliament in April, was ordered to appear before a judge in Islamabad on Saturday to answer charges of illegally selling state gifts he had received during his term as premier, and concealing his assets. 
Israeli protesters have pressed ahead with demonstrations against a plan by the far-right government to weaken the independence of the judiciary, pushing back against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu after he rejected a compromise proposal from President Isaac Herzog that was meant to defuse the crisis, according to Al Jazeera. Netanyahu, however, appears to be digging in and said Herzog's plan would only perpetuate the existing situation. If the initial proposal passes, it would mean greater government sway in selecting judges and limit the power of the Supreme Court to strike down legislation. Elsewhere, the BBC reports that two and a half tons of uranium have gone missing from a site in Libya, the UN's nuclear watchdog has said. The International Atomic Energy Agency sounded the alarm after a visit by its inspectors to the undisclosed site earlier this week. They found that 10 drums containing uranium ore had disappeared. The International Atomic Energy Agency said that the site where the uranium was stored was not in a government-controlled territory. In a statement, the organization said it would conduct further activities to clarify the circumstances of the removal of the nuclear material and its current location. It is unclear when the uranium went missing or who could have taken it. According to reporting from Politico, the farmer-friendly farmer-citizen movement landed a major victory in yesterday's Dutch provincial elections, which determined the composition of the Senate. The rural party came from nowhere to finish ahead of Netherlands Prime Minister Mark Rutte's center-right People's Party for Freedom and Democracy Party in an election seen as a referendum on the government's performance. The results call into question the Ruta government's ability to implement harsh policies aimed at clamping down on nitrogen emissions from farms, which triggered huge farmers' protests last summer and confirm farmer-citizen movements' meteoric rise in Dutch politics. It's a major blow to Ruta's ruling coalition, made up of the People's Party for Freedom and Democracy, the Liberal Democrats, the Conservative Christian Democratic Appeal, and the Christian Union. Reuters reports that a U.S. judge on Wednesday sentenced a former Mexican governor to nine years in prison for accepting at least $3.5 million in illegal bribe money and using it to fraudulently purchase property in the United States. According to a court filing, Tomas Yarrington, a former governor of northern Tamalapas State, was sentenced to nine years in prison and three years of supervised release. The 66-year-old had pleaded guilty in March 2021, three years after he was extradited to the United States from Italy while traveling under an assumed name and false passport, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. According to the filing, several other charges including bank fraud and conspiracy to import cocaine and marijuana into the United States were dismissed. A court summary suggested Yarrington may have laundered as much as $9.5 million. According to the Straits Times, South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol views a work week of 60 hours or longer as excessive, the presidential office said earlier this morning. 
adding that he has ordered for further adjustments to be made to the reform proposal. The Ministry of Employment and Labor's plan, unveiled earlier in March, aimed to allow workers in South Korea to extend their working hours in a week to up to 69 hours in busy seasons. The president expressed regrets over the plan, drafted without an adequate legal cap, over how long a worker could work during peak seasons, although the proposal is meant to force workers to compensate for overwork during downtime, according to a spokesman. The comment was widely viewed as his administration backtracking on the flexible workweek policy proposal after drawing ire from the public. South Korea is already the most overworked country in Asia, and this has thrown cold water on workers wanting to start families and raise children. In lighter news from the AP, Italy's dugout at the World Baseball Classic comes outfitted with an espresso machine, and it's getting lots of attention. We're kind of shocked, actually, because this is something in Italian culture that's sort of like water. I mean, coffee would be right after water, Italy manager Mike Piazza said. Piazza said he was content with the Nespresso machine in the dugout, but dissatisfied the coffee was being served in a paper cup and not a ceramic one. Andre Marcone, the president of the Italian Baseball Federation, said he was content with the exposure Italian baseball was getting, even for its coffee habits. Right now, We are the most followed national team for a series of things which took place connected to our good old Italian customs, Marcone said. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Adrian Shabazz, Vice President of Research and Analysis at Freedom House, about their Freedom in the World report. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.